This podcast is sponsored by O's. O's is a premium disposable vape product made with the highest pharmaceutical grade quality ingredients and comes in 12 delicious flavors like velvet tobacco, sweet apple, strawberry banana, grape ice, lemon tart, mango, and so many more. Right now, O's is offering all of my listeners 50% off their orders. So head on over to letsos.com and use my promo code HARMONY for 50% off your order. With O's, you'll look forward to your moment of zen. This episode is sponsored by Doom and Groom. Doom and Groom are a craft hair, skin, beard, and tattoo care company based in Denver, Colorado. Their oils, balms, butters, and pomades are great for use from head to toe, keeping your hair and skin healthy and hydrated. All of their products are unisex, dye-free, chemical-free, plastic-free, and organic. Head on over to doomandgroom.net and use my code HARMONYDOOM for 10% off your purchase. Once again, that is doomandgroom.net, promo code HARMONYDOOM. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Today is October 2nd, at least the day that I'm recording this. I can't promise this one's going to go out, but most likely it is, <laughs> which means we have just entered spooky season. So you guys probably just heard there is another voice with me. Today I am going to do the very first Halloween episode and I have a guest with me. The guest that we have today has been my friend for like 20 years. It was, we will we'll leave it at that. 20's good. We don't, yeah, need to... we don't need to go any farther. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I used to swim in her pool as a kid. We, uh, I got hurt several times. We also fought over whose boyfriend was Justin Timberlake. You know, make-believe is really fun when you're a kid. So, ladies and gentlemen and all that are in between, this is Amanda. Hi. <laughs> that was awkward. I don't even know why I said it like that. <laughs> I was just looking at you like, what? I don't know. I don't know what happened with my mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. God. That's a this good way to go. You're just, just, you know what? Shh. It's okay. You're pretty. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about a Halloween case. And I have not mentioned this case ever on the podcast, but I felt like this was perfect. We are going to talk about the Hammersmith ghost murder case. Spooky. All right, so the Hammersmith ghost murder case of 1804 set a legal precedent in the UK regarding self-defense that someone could be held liable for their actions, even if they were, if it was the consequence of mistaken belief. What? We'll get into okay. it. I know, confusing. Near the end of 1803, many people were claiming to have been like seen or attacked by a ghost in the Hammersmith area of London. A ghost believed by locals to be the spirit of a suicide victim. So on January 3rd, 1804, 1804, sorry, again, guys, I don't know why I host a podcast because I can't speak correctly. Um, a 29-year-old officer named Francis Smith, a member of one of the armed patriots, set up the the wake of reports and uh, like set up and went to check out all of these reports about this ghost or something and ended up killing a bricklayer. Thomas Millwood was mistakenly considered this ghost because he was wearing white clothes and appeared as a quote-unquote ghostly apparition to this officer. He was the, yeah, yeah, the officer was ended up being found guilty of murder and sentenced to death. That was later changed, though. So, do you want to hear about this case? Let's do it. 
Before we get started, I want to share one last thing. The issues that surround this case were not even settled for over 180 years. Not until a court of appeal decision in 1984. What? Yeah. So let's begin. So let's talk about the ghost first. From November 1803, a number of people in the Hammersmith area claimed to have seen, and some had been attacked by a ghost. You were supposed to be like, ooh. Spooky. There we go. God, come on, man, be on it, be on it. <laughs> so local people were saying that the ghost was a man who had committed suicide the previous year and had been buried in Hammersmith Churchyard. The contemporary belief was that the suicide victim should not be buried in consecrated ground as their souls would not then be at rest. You know, because the whole lore that if you commit suicide, God's like, fuck you, we don't care about you. Right. Bullshit, I don't think so. Because if you go by the quotes of God and spiritualism in that belief, if God knows everything you're going to do, wouldn't he know that you're going to take your life? Isn't that a sin? Which, quote-unquote, Jesus died for your sins. Welcome right. to forgiveness. Sorry, if you're going to quote the Bible, people, you should well, live by all of it. Not you. Yeah, no, I mean... It's not a pick and choose, okay? This is not a buffet. <laughs> so, um, the apparition was described as being very tall and dressed in all white, but was also said to wear a calfskin garment with horns and a large glass, like large glass eyes at other times. So... Again, you have two different accounts, so I think some people may have seen something, like, a little odd, and other people may have been like, oh my god, I saw something crazy, he had, like, horns, and it had glass eyes, and it was scary. It's a little extreme uh, costume. It sounds more like a, a Windy Boy. I don't know if you know what a Windigo is. It sounds more like a Windigo, which, because they have the look of it, and again, you probably don't know. You're good. Don't yeah. worry about it. We'll talk about that at listeners on another episode. So, stories about the ghost soon began to circulate. Two women, one elderly and another who was pregnant, were both reported to have been seized by the ghost on separate occasions while walking near said churchyard. Yeah, they were apparently so frightened that they both died from shock a few days afterwards. What? The only other time I've ever heard of a person dying from like shock and fear was a, this is an urban legend from a town that I grew up in. In Tallahassee, Florida, I lived right near an old asylum that has since been torn down. Apartments have been put there, but police would no longer go into this place called Sunland. And the reason, quote unquote, according to Laura Y, is a officer had seen activity going on inside this abandoned, you know, asylum and went in. And they found him hours later because they weren't able to get a hold of him. They found him curled up in one of the solarium rooms with a look of fear on his face and he had had a heart attack. Oh, wow. I cannot find any validation of that being true, but that was spread around the whole town. And I don't know if it was just to keep people out of there or what, especially if you throw a cop in there. It's like, oh, but then you also say they're not going to go in after you. So you're just inviting it. Like, you know, yeah. So, the apparition was described as being very tall and dressed in white as we went through that, you know, all crazy weird. And it looked like a typical ghost, like with a bed sheet on. I mean, obviously. And horns. That was in some accounts, not all accounts. Okay. The horns get me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a brewer's servant by the name of Thomas Groom later testified that while walking through the churchyard with a companion one night, close to about 9 o'clock, 
something rose from behind a tombstone and seized him by the throat. Yeah, we're talking about sexy games here now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hearing the scuffle, his companion turned around at which the ghost, quote, it gave me a twist around and I saw nothing. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist, felt something soft like a great coat. That's the quote. Again, this is the 1800s. Okay, yeah. <laughs> your, your eyes were like, what the fuck like are you even, I don't even, what? And that's why I was like, again, 1800s, okay? So basically what I derive from that is he wasn't looking, or she, the person, wasn't looking when their companion was grabbed by the throat, and they went to like swing and they got tossed around by it and they ended up just kind of grazing this like soft feeling. You didn't see what you touched? I fucking there's no more I can tell you no, about I mean, that I incident. I just got see what you touched. Like I mean it's like washing dishes. Sometimes you put your hand in the sink and you touch something you don't see and you're like, ah it sucked. I don't like that. Yeah I That was just an analogy. I don't actually know. Okay, so then on December 29th, the same year, William Girdler, a knight. Can we just talk about his last name real fast? Girdler? Girdler? Girdler. 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 I probably lost half my listeners just then. Probably. Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No. So um, you're good because I did it too. So um, William Girdler, a night watchman, saw the ghost while near Beaver Lane and gave it a chase. He didn't run after her. He gave it a chase. Again, 1800s, man. 1800s. This is the account, by the way, from then. So, the apparition threw off its shroud and managed to escape. So, it basically took off this tablecloth. Yeah. And disappeared into the night. (laughs) Like, can you imagine? Can you just imagine? You're walking and you're like, a, a, a cemetery, a church field, you know, and you see something in like a white sheet run out and then all of a sudden the sheet goes flying. You're going to stare at that for a second. Super easy for a person to run because you're looking at that fucking sheet going flying in the air. I don't even know what I would be looking at if I saw something with a sheet and horns coming at me. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to want to look. I might just start running. <laughs> Very true. Understandable. So, um, we're <clears throat> laughing. with London not having an organized police force at the time and as quote many people were very much frightened according to Girdler several citizens formed armed patrols in hopes of apprehending the ghost pew pew you know guns work on ghosts why not why not why not Sorry, I had to, because I don't understand the logic. But then again, this is the 1800s. You know, like, this is the time where they're legitimately... Why'd the ghost wear a sheet? Why wouldn't he just walk around naked? Because it was laundry day. Wait, that means... Because it wasn't laundry day. There we go. His his sheets were clean. He had to hide his identity, obviously. Best way to hide your identity? Cover yourself. Maybe he died naked, and he needed to cover himself. He wasn't going to walk around and expose himself. I don't know, honestly. I have never, I have had my own, like, you and I have had encounters before with, like, I guess you'd call it paranormal. Right. Um, I have never seen what looks like a person in a sheet or a ghost in the, the right. sheet aspect. Have you? No. I've always seen what looked like a shadow figure or, like, a full apparition where it looked like a person, but not exactly 
you know, something was off. Like, maybe they were wavy, a little fogged. Not a clear defined. Yes. Like, when I say wavy, too, it's not like they were, like, like they're in water <laughs> over here. It's, like, the, the outline of your body that, like, separates you from the world wasn't as clear as these. You know, it's, like... Am I having, like, a, a moment? What's going on? Am I having a stroke? What's happening? <laughs> like that. So, um, let's continue on. Let's talk about the death involved with this case. The death of Thomas Millwood. At the corner of Beaver Lane, while making his rounds at, a, at sorry, not alone, at 10.30 on the January 3rd, 1804, Girdler met one of the armed citizens patrolling the area, 29-year-old officer Francis Smith, who was armed with a shotgun. Because that's that's how we do that. At least listen to Dean and Sam Winchester. Put rock salt in that bitch, not bullets. Anyways, I digress. So, Smith told Girdler he was going to look for a supposed ghost. How do you think that conversation would go? Amanda, hey, you see the shotgun? I am hunting a ghost. You're fired. Oh. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. That was a shotgun sound. You're Nobody listening probably understood. You saw me yeah, do the hand you motion. You needed to see the... Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, the fuck? Is there a cat? Right? <laughs> but no. Good response, though. I like it. So, Girdler agreed that, you know what? I'll join you, Mr. Smith. After he had called the hour, like, after he called him at 11 p.m. So, I'm going to come join you. I'm going to come help you in this hunt for the ghost. <laughs> so, they would, quote, take the ghost if possible. I don't know what that meant. Take the ghost? Yeah. Like, they, for a uh, walk? A fucking <laughs> on a date? Maybe? I, mean, I don't know. Out for some ice cream? Go to the store to get clothes so he doesn't have to wear sheets? Exactly! <laughs> you know, maybe buy it some new sheets. Yeah. Because white is just, that's kind of fucked up. Okay? Get some color in there. So, um, they, and plus it's like, it's December. Get some, oh no, it's January. Never mind. My bad. We fans for it. Still, it is. You know, maybe he needed like flannel sheets. Get yeah. some flannel sheets. The jersey sheets, you know? Make that person warm. And I say person, I mean ghost, you know? So, um, they ended up doing this and they separated their ways, you know, to look around. You know, obviously you cover more ground if you're just one person in one area. You don't go together. Duh. Haven't you learned anything from the mystery? Like, you mean every beginning of every horror movie? Absolutely. Separation's <laughs> key. If you want to die, you separate. Duh. So, just after 11, right after you're out there separating, uh, Smith encountered Thomas, a bricklayer who was wearing the normal white clothing of his trade. See where this is going? Okay. Linen trousers that were entirely white, washed very clean. A waistcoat of flannel, apparently close to new, but very white, with an apron, which he wore around him. Yeah, you okay. see what's about to happen here? Mm-hmm. Millwood had been Why heading home. at 11 o'clock at night? So in the 1800s, I don't think they had a 9 to 5 schedule. I think it was just oh, more so... I mean, you just slab, put down, slab, put down. I'm sure light was needed, but like candles were a thing. Maybe hold the candlestick, every brick. You know, next time I travel to the 1800s, when I go back to 1804, I'm going to ask, I promise, I really will. I'm going to be like, yo, Thomas, 
the fuck you doing, bro? It's nighttime. Yeah, I, I, I will. I promise. I'll, I'll even I'll record it so you oh, can hear you. directly from him. Like I'm gonna be like, can you just explain what the yes. fuck you're doing out here? So he can be like, yeah, listen, my wife was annoying the shit out of me, so I had to get out of the house. Right. So you didn't change after work and shower. That's probably not very hygienic. <laughs> but next time I go, I promise I'll, I'll find out. Okay. So, um, he had this, you know, all it was on him or it, you know, so he's wearing all white and, uh, Millwood had been heading home from a visit to his parents and sister who lived in black lion lane. I'm sorry, not in on black lion lane. According to Anne Millwood, the bricklayer's sister immediately after seeing her brother off, like saying goodbye, uh, she heard Smith challenge him saying, damn you, who are you and what are you? Damn you, I'll shoot you. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do the voice. <laughs> I feel like that's how it went down. I feel like it did. I feel like he was like, damn you. <laughs> so um, after which Smith ended up shooting him in the left lower jaw Jeez. and killed him. Yeah, it wasn't just like a shotgun blast to the body. This motherfucker shot him in the face. In the face. He saw the face. Like, what? So what? where did he shoot him? <clears throat> I don't know. We're getting there. After he hearing the asked. shot, <laughs> right? Like, he asked something. And technically, you gotta give him a second to like, either go, ooh, or I'm laying bricks, motherfucker. Something. Like, wait for a response. Okay? Okay. So after hearing the shot, Girdler and Smith's neighbor, one, that's how this is accounted, one Jean Locke, not by the name of Jean Locke, one Jean Locke, uh, Google Translate, <laughs> by the name of John Locke, one of the people that was involved, oh. together with George Stowe, they met Smith, who appeared very much agitated. Yeah, yeah. Upon seeing Millwood's body, the others advised Smith to just, just return home. You should, you know, think about a rough night. You should go home. So they told him to head home. Meanwhile, a constable arrived at the scene and took Smith into custody. So, so he didn't go. He was told he should. And they ended up, you know, just taking him in and have a conversation. Like, yo, you know you shot somebody? You get that, right? Like, you fucking shot a man. So, in the the fucking face, my guy. God. So, um. Thank you, Alexa. Hi, listeners. As you guys heard, it's time for us to go to bed. Good night. JK, sorry about that. That was Alexa. She was just telling me I need to get some sleep. So, anywho's. Uh, so. Um, he goes into custody and Millwood's corpse was carried to an inn where a surgeon, Mr. Flower, examined the body on January 6th and pronounced death to be the result of a, quote, gunshot wound on the left side of the lower jaw with small shot, like not a big one, like probably like a buck part, um, about the size of a number four, which, uh, I don't know, whatever, yeah. But and another had actually also penetrated his neck and ended up injuring the the spinal marrow. Oh. So anyone who's anyone probably knows any bone marrow of any kind, especially your spinal cord, leaking into your body is very bad. Like if you had a bone break, that's why you, you need, not just because of the fucking pain, right. you're leaking marrow into your body and that is very bad, so... 
Yeah, he died, obviously. You know, didn't survive the shotgun blast to the face, didn't survive the bone marrow leaking. Right? Isn't that weird? I feel like if you get blown in the face, that's coming out wrong. If you get shotgun (laughs) blasted to the face, um, I feel like you should go go to work next morning, right? Yeah. I think this is a fucking headache. I don't know. Some Aleve might help. Yes. Not a sponsor. So, (laughs) um, after hearing the shot, I already read that. My apologies, guys. My notes are a little bit sporadic. So, let's talk about the trial of Francis Smith, the person who shot this poor bricklayer, who was apparently not running around in a sheet, just very clean clothing. So, um, Smith was tried for willful... Oh my God, words harmony. Willful murder. Murder. Madre. Death. (laughs) (laughs) So the deceased, uh, I'm sorry, the deceased's wife, so the man who passed away, his wife, Miss Fulbrook, stated that she had been warned, she, I'm sorry, she had been warning him to cover his white clothing with a great coat. As in the quote, goat, great coat that everyone was saying that they had a possibility of this encounter with this ghost that was either wearing all white or a great coat. I don't know where the horns are coming in yet, but... Okay. Yeah. So, as he had already been mistaken for the ghost on several occasions. Or just not wear white. Or just stop working at fucking night. I'm not... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had to. Like, maybe it was a 24-hour thing and they, like, switched out in shifts. I honestly don't know. Again, I was born a long time ago, but not the 1800s. It was before that. Oh. You are older than me. I am. I am. I am immortal. Yikes. Totally kidding. face cream do you use? Um, (laughs) The blood of my enemies. I pull a play from Elizabeth (laughs) Bathory. It's fantastic. You're not an enemy. You're safe. (laughs) You're not in any danger. You're good. Love you. Just get more drunk. <laughs> uh, is it time for me to go home? Right? Okay. So um, this is uh, what's been kind of stated in this whole scenario. On Saturday evening, he, this is from the wife, he and I were at home for he lived with me. Oh my God, Jacques, you guys live together? I am impressed. It's like reading poetry. I know, right? <laughs> he said he had frightened two ladies and a gentleman who were coming along the terrace in a carriage. I feel like I need to talk like that. For that, the man said, he dared to say, there goes the ghost. (laughs) Sorry. That he said he was, I'm sorry, I'm laughing right now. I can't help it. Okay. That he said there was no more ghost, that he was me. And I asked him using a bad word. So she's talking to him now about the fact that he, in case you guys weren't understanding this wording, this verbiage, um, she's talking to her husband about the fact that people coming by in a carriage had yelled, you're the ghost! And he's like, I am not the ghost! I just like the color fucking white, my guy. You know? So, um, and that he addressed this people in a carriage in a, with a bad word. Was like, motherfucker, I like the color! Not really, that's not what he said. I don't know, actually. Again, wasn't there. Um, and... The guy who passed away, the guy that was mistaken as a ghost, had stated, do you want a punch to the head? Oh. Yeah, so apparently. Oh, a lot of shot. Yeah. Two years. And <laughs> then the person in the in the carriage begged him to change his quote-unquote dress. So change your garments. Stop wearing that. Come on. Don't you know there's a ghost running a around? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, this is where Thomas says, I, as there is a piece of work about the ghost, 
and cloths that look white. Pray, do put on your gray coat that you may not run any danger. So apparently his wife told him, I am begging you, please cover that because you've been mistaken. You are already threatened and just maybe stop. You know, if you're going to keep wearing that, I get it. You know, uniforms, uniform, whatever. But throw on a fucking coat. Yeah. All right. It's January. It's cold. Do it. So um, that was a testimony from uh, Miss Fulbrook. And then uh, Millwood's sister also testified that although Smith had called on her brother to stop or he would shoot. Yeah. Um, Smith fired the gun immediately. So after he yelled like, damn you, you know, don't fucking come any closer. Instead of allowing the man to heed that warning, he legit just, bum, bum. I don't know what kind of shot that was, but you get it. Okay. <laughs> fucking shots fired. So, um, yeah. And, uh, she went on to say that, uh, despite a number of declarations of Smith's good character, the chief judge, Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald MacDonald, <laughs> advised the jury that malice was not required of murder, merely just the intent to kill. So basically, it didn't have to like be some evil thing. Like he didn't mean malice. He just had he had the intent to kill. He was fucking walking around with a gun saying, damn you! Like, you know, you get it. So, um, quote, I should betray my duty and inquire the public security. If I did not persist in asserting this, that it is clear case murder. If the facts be proved to your satisfaction at killing whatever amounts to murder, unless justified by the law or in self-defiance, in cases of some involuntary acts or some sacrificial violent provocation, it becomes manslaughter. Not one of these circumstances occurred. So basically what this judge is stating is that it was not grounds for self-defense, but it also didn't come off as though he was chasing this man down the fucking street like, I fucking kill you, I end you here. <laughs> it was technically a lot led up to it. But he still committed murder and it couldn't be manslaughter because he didn't allow any time period to see that it was an actual person. So, yeah, there's that gray area. Uh, <laughs> the Lord. I thought the laws have. Gray areas? Have they developed? Well, well, like, let's be real. At least that one. Well, I thought it was a ghost officer, so I shot him. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm okay. I'm not in trouble. I thought it was a ghost. I'm going to cry. I'm laughing so hard. Okay. So the Lord Chief Baron observed that Smith had neither acted in self-defense nor shot him, quote, by accident. Again, it's not manslaughter at this point. He had not been provoked by the supposed apparition, nor had he attempted to apprehend it. So, yeah. Now, continuing on, the judge states, too, that Millwood had not committed any, like, offense to justify even being shot. Like, he didn't, he wasn't coming at the guy. He wasn't doing anything. He was provoking. simply just existing and wearing white. 
So, you know. Um, and even if the supposed ghost had been shot, it would not have been quote-unquote acceptable. As frightening people, like, saying that if he was dressed like a ghost, uh, frightening people dressing up as a ghost and pretending to be a ghost isn't even a felony. It's not even a serious crime at the time. I mean, it's even now. Like, you could walk around with a ghost. Ah, you get fucking attacked. I mean, you're a dumbass, but also yeah. you're just joking around. But he wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that. Um, as far as the less serious misdemeanor could come into play, like, let's say that there, like, let's say Millwood was walking around and he was trying to, like, frighten people. He could be charged with, like, a misdemeanor, you know, just, that's Something it. Something, yeah. not like. But he didn't deserve to be shot. Right. At all. Especially not in the fucking face. Um, the judge closed with his remarks by reminding the jury that the previous good character of the accused meant nothing in this case. Because back in the day, you know, you'd be like, they're such a great person. Oh my god. Like, don't fucking find them guilty. They're fantastic. Well, that day they weren't. Exactly. <laughs> so, I wish that worked nowadays. <laughs> they really are super nice. It was just like a mistake. They brutally stabbed them 174 times as a mistake. Would you believe that they thought it was toast? <laughs> so, uh, uh, he also informed the, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry, that's my apologies. I went a little bit too fast. So, um, McDonald directed to the jury to find the accused guilty of murder if they believe that the facts presented by all the witnesses after considering for about an hour, the jury did have a verdict and they said it was sadly manslaughter because the jury can still do that so uh mcdonald informed the jury that quote the court could not receive such a verdict however yeah yeah and that they must either find smith guilty of murder or completely equipped him again our fucking judicial system why has, what, I mean... because it's the judicial system from the 1800s to now shit has not fucking changed it blows you are judged by a jury of your peers only if you follow what the fuck the guidelines say, which half the guidelines are from the 1800s. Sorry, here we go. My, my bad. I'm sorry. I don't like the judge. Judge. I don't like the judge. Sorry, Lord Chef. Sorry, Chief. I, I don't not like you. I don't like the judicial system. That's what I meant. There we go. So McDonald uh, was then told that you know, that it was irrelevant, that there was a possibility that there was a ghost. He still killed a man. The jury then decided to return with a verdict of guilty. After passing the customary sentence of death, McDonald said that he intended to report the case to the king. This is the UK, so. Right. Um, who had the power to commute the sentence. So he could change it, alter it, or flat Deliver, out yeah. veto it. The initial sentence of hanging and desecration was changed to a year's hard labor. A year? A year. A year. I don't know why that shocks you, though, because there are people walking around now that have raped, assaulted, done yeah. horrible things, and got a slap on the wrist and, like, probation. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw, the, like, something recently, this gruesome fucking case. is in another country. A gruesome case of a man who killed several people and sexually assaulted them. And he's fucking free right now. Fucking free. He also ate pieces of them. Ew. Yeah. Fucking free. 
Gross. Yeah, there's a woman too in another country that because women in this one like, country that's not okay. can. Like, I mean, there's obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously. But I mean, but there's a woman too in another country because women. I think it's in Finland or Norway are not allowed to get uh, life sentences. So she got like 25 years for murdering in a brutal way her child. Yeah, and she smiled the whole time. She, she knew she wasn't going to get life. What disgusting. So um. The huge publicity given to the case persuaded the true culprit to come forward. He was John Graham, an elderly shoemaker. He had been pretending to be a ghost Shut up. <laughs> by using a white sheet to frighten his apprentice, who had been scaring Graham's children with the ghost stories. Yeah, there was no record of Graham ever being punished for this. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's insane. So all because a man had his apprentice telling these stories about this Hammerfield ghost and his kids getting scared. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking throw on a sheet that I have. I'm going to run around and be like, booga, booga. And people are going to get fucking scared. Because he did that, a man wound up dead. Damn you! I'm sorry. I can't. I'm going to do that forever now. I'm going to like randomly text you. Damn you! And I'm going to put Shakespeare and elderly. You know, like, I got it, I got it. Now, um, I would love to know what you think of all of that after this. Damn you! <sighs> Sorry, we're back, guys. All right, so what do you think of, first of all, the whole, let's just talk about the ghost instance first. Okay, let's, before we talk about the fact that there was a guy that was behind the whole thing. I get it's the 1800s, and back then, those spiritual ghost stuff, that was a big thing. Like, they had seances, or is that the early like, 1900s? I don't remember. But ghosts were kind of like, we didn't know a whole lot. As humans, as people, we just believed everything we heard. Right? Yeah. It was just how it was. I mean, granted, that's still what a lot of people well, do these days. People, still. <laughs> but, like, let's say that you were on this patrol to walk around and look for this ghost. Would you shoot before anything? I feel like shooting nothing right like right i mean like a cage maybe i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> who are you gonna call ghostbusters <laughs> yeah. turn on the fucking the gun ah get in the box what's the in vacuum? the box <laughs> sorry yeah right did you say a vacuum yeah like hocus pocus yeah like riding around in the vacuum yeah. that's oh. not the sound a vacuum makes no it's not what the <laughs> fuck not even a little bit. That's okay. um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on, yeah. But do you think it's fucked up that that Thomas, not Thomas Graham, was that what his name was? Mr. Graham uh, was actually pretending to be this ghost and I got mean, a fucking man killed. Now, I'm not saying, like, he knew what he was doing. Like, it's not like it's 100% his fault, but it is still also kind of because he did pretend to be this ghost exactly. everyone was I mean, seeing. He was, like, assaulting people, like, physically. I mean, that's, come on, that's kind of... And people were saying that they were being grabbed and stuff and, you know, being chased and... I mean, that's that's pretty... I mean, I would do it to his apprentice up. or whoever that he was trying to, like, scare But him. apparently he was doing it to multiple people. Right, that's where it's yeah. like, okay, that's... And I feel like if you are the person, let's say you are behind this kind of stuff, and you let's say you know you didn't go out pretending to be a ghost that night, and you hear that somebody had an encounter, maybe just come out and be like, hey, no, you fucking didn't. You did not. How do you know? Because I am the ghost. Dun, dun, dun. It's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially if there's that many. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, hey, it's not real. I didn't. Like, I get it admitting. Like, I get admitting, like, dude, I fucked up. 
but admit you fucked up or you did something before. Or stop really doing it. Exactly. <laughs> like, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. So, yeah. So, that is the Hammerfield ghost murder case from the 1800s. And I hope you guys enjoyed it because with it being spooky season, I thought that'd be pretty rad. So, happy Halloween month. Yay. <laughs> you are wearing you are wearing a Halloween shirt. I love it. My mommy got it for me. It's the Sanderson sisters. T- oh my god. I don't know what it means. I the I Sanderson sister hocus pocus. I mean I wouldn't be able to read it too if my boobs were that big. Okay. It is Premium Witches Brew, established sixteen ninety three, Sanderson Sisters Brewing Company, oh. Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, look yes. <laughs> Would you look at that? Just look I at it. Premium wishes brew in the little cold No, that's super like, oh, cool. And then I kind of just yeah, you can. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't, didn't read the rest of it. It's actually pretty awesome. Super fantastic. Your I mom has great like, taste on the bottom. Oh, well, walk line. around with it. It's top probably, line was cool. I read that. I didn't read the rest. If I walk around the shirt on that says I'm an idiot, it's not lying. It's 100 percent true. It's factual. It's why I'm so weird. It's soft. Know. <laughs> so what did you think of the case though like all in all did you did you enjoy hearing about it like yeah that's crazy right interesting. it really yeah. is it really is so guys i am going to continue this month for the podcast trying to give you guys paranormal supernatural still gonna throw in some crime Spooky. yeah but I'm gonna, i think i'm gonna look at some like scary stories out there some things that like from police officers encountering uh you know paranormal shit because there is a lot out crimes there. Crimes on Halloween that were... Yeah, or crimes. That's right, crimes on Halloween, which brings me to, uh, which I might, I wanted, I've been wanting to talk about, and uh, it's Martha Moxley. Have you ever heard of her? No. Oh, maybe I'll have to have you around for that one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it was actually the very first true crime case that I ever heard of, and it started my obsession with true crime. Oh. It's fantastic. You and I, when, when we get done, you and I can watch like this amazing... I'll have that way you can when we talk about it because I would love to do that one with you. You're able to do that closer to Halloween. So maybe that night that I'm there on Halloween, we could do a Martha Moxley one. What? Okay. So uh, that's right, guys. My Halloween plans have been set. I am going out with Amanda and her lovely daughter. I have my dress figured out because I already bought it. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm thinking I'm gonna do like some makeup. Well, I was gonna walk around (laughs) holding it. Okay. Just don't wear a sheet. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, put on like a white linen and just hold the black dress. I'm a person. <laughs> you know, I got a dress. You can tell. Don't shoot me. Yeah, you know, I got it. Um, but I think we should do that. So we could watch that. Yeah. And then you could, because it's super, it's it's so fucked up. And it went on for years. And justice is never going to be served. It's really sad. And it's related to like the Kennedys Oh. Um, oh, yeah, have you ever heard of Greenwich Village in like up in I think New York, Connecticut area, like way up there? That sounds very familiar. It's a very wealthy, affluent neighborhood. So we'll we'll watch. You'll we'll, you'll see that way when we talk about it, you could be like, oh, oh, I don't like that man. I don't like that one. You know, like you're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, keep his name out your mouth. Don't but you say, get it. Don't say it. Don't say it. it's like Voldemort. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Um, too bad I just did say it. But anywho's, um. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this very first special spooktacular episode. And uh, if I was a little all over the place, cool, fantastic. Hope you liked it because that's just who I am. And again, I really want to thank Amanda for coming on here and just 
on All Truth, guys, I actually started one episode. I wasn't a big fan of how it was going. And she was like, yeah, no, let's just do however you want to do it. Like, I love you. You're fantastic. I'm pretty amazing sometimes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> toot, toot. She was tooting her horn. I love it. No, I do. I love I love it. And I, I adore you. So thank you for being on here and um, look forward to the next one. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoy, enjoy this episode. And... Uh, yeah, uh, I do want to touch really fast before we go on last week. I had talked about Gabby Petito, and I had several of you guys write me and say that before she was even found, uh, you believe that she had been killed. And it's really sad to say that, yes, uh, Gabby has been found deceased. And that really hit me a bit because I had just shared an episode just made and I had let I was like hey guys if you see her this is like her these are her tattoos this is what this like I think everybody had some sort of hope that maybe it was just like a disagreement and she was like get the fuck out of here take my car I don't care I got lost in it yeah which again why would anyone think that I don't know but we all a lot of us were because we wanted the hope no, no one really wanted to believe that some guy who was engaged to this girl, which actually at the time they weren't, but they were, I don't know, um, came back with her van and she was just not there, you know? And the fact that he lawyered up immediately. Like, why? Like, what? I mean, if you, like, Amanda, let's say you and I are a couple. Sup, girl, how you doing? So let's say we're a couple and we go out on, like, this long vacation and uh, you decide to come back with all of my shit, just not me. Like, and you're going to lawyer immediately. Why am I not leaving until, like, you're found? Oh, I love you, like, too. Well, <laughs> hold on. No. <laughs> you're like, wait, this got way too serious. Way too fast. How does the gas mileage on the van? No. Right? <laughs> I feel like it's, like, 12 miles an hour. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But, yeah, like, fucked up. Like, if you, they were with each other. I was going to say when they were with somebody. They were with each other for a long time. Missing? There. Right? Like, Another thing that I don't, and this is all speculation because I don't know how I feel about it, but a lot of people are now trying to say that Gabby's best friend may have been like involved with Brian and maybe like she's, which again, I can't, I don't even want to touch that with a 12 foot pole because at that point we know Brian most likely has something to do with Gabby's death yeah, and his fucking parents being the pieces of shit that they are allowing him to just whatever, you know, yeah, especially when they're parents, like Listen, I love my kids, but if I ever found out that they had murdered somebody, I don't know. But that was like because as a, par- she was as a, a parent, family, she was living with them. I thought she was. So that's like your daughter-in-law. To yeah, agree. I mean, fucking say something. Be like, listen, Brian, look, you're my kid. I love you, but you fucking killed somebody. I have to tell that's someone. Not okay. It's <laughs> not okay, especially as their parents. Like I have to get on to my kids all the time. No, can't do that. You think I like getting them? Like, like that's no. a stranger, let alone like. Somebody that you know. And, and that's what like, got me is like how much they just didn't care. Like how do you not care about that person? Exactly. Like, so sadly, guys, like as you guys know, Gabby is deceased and it's heartbreaking. I just, I personally hope that Brian, watch watch him, watch the news as we're like recording this, be like Brian Laundry found or right. like, you know, deceased or whatever. I'm not saying that he is, but I swear if this man takes his life, that's going to be bullshit because that's no closure for the family. No. He deserves to rot in prison. I don't believe in, I mean, I believe in the death uh, sentence, but I also don't believe that some cases deserve it. All right. I think some people deserve to rot in a fucking cell 
completely alone from everybody else. You just sit no, alone with your own like, fucking demons. I know. They need to, like, clean sewers or something. I don't know. They clean sewers? Do... I feel like they're just going to be locked up and left to their own head. Hmm. Can you There's imagine no being left... To... for them to eat. But <laughs> you get a piece of bread. How about that? Actually, no, that's not humane. But why the fuck do they care about humane? They didn't. So they they, didn't, they weren't like, humane they when they took work. someone's life. Sorry, I know a lot of people are going to be like... That's rude to say harmony. Inhumane is not okay. Bitch, well, it wasn't okay that they killed somebody. It's rude to kill someone. So. It's rude. <laughs> that is rude. I can't believe you shot him in the lower jaw. Damn you! Okay, guys. Sorry about that. I hope you guys have a fantastic day, night, morning, and I look forward to talking to you on the next episode of What the Actual F. Amanda? Toodles. Bye, guys. Love you. I'll be facing it all. Fearless. Oh, 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 o